It's time for Girl Boner Radio with August McLaughlin. A spicy blend of personal stories, in-depth reporting and inspiration. Girl Boner is where good girls go for sexual empowerment. Listen in as August McLaughlin, award-winning health and sexuality writer, explores female sexual pleasure like no one else. She's the big sister slash girlfriend you've always wanted and she loves to talk sex. Only on Global Voice Broadcasting. Hey everyone, it's August here at Girl Boner Radio where good girls go for sexual empowerment and I'm so stoked to have world-renowned erotic photographer and videographer Holly Randall here with me today. She's one of the best known of the new generation of glamour nude photographers. Holly has been making erotic film magic for over 15 years. She hosts Playboy TV's Adult Film School, which is this awesome show where she helps amateur couples bring out their inner porn star. How much do we love that? She's a world literature graduate from UCLA, a multi-published columnist, and has two books out, their photo books, Erotic Dream Girls and Kinky Nylons, which is like one of the coolest names ever. Uh, Holly has shot the covers of many major magazines, including Bazaar, Penthouse, and Hustler, and her website, hollyrandall.com, won the 2014 x Best Photo Site Award and the 2014 Rise Awards for Sites of the Year. Thank you so much for joining me, Holly. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you for having me. You know, your Twitter bio, I need to ask you this before we get into all of your career and all this fabulousness. Mm -hmm. You mentioned being a dog lover, which, (laughs) oh my gosh, I'm such a dog lover. I have to ask you, do you have a dog? Okay. Not only do I have a dog, I have two dogs. Not only do I have two dogs, one of them is a puppy that I just adopted three weeks ago. (gasps) So it's, yeah, my Twitter feed has gone from like hot naked chicks to like puppy pictures. (laughs) (laughs) I think my fans are getting kind of annoyed. They're just like, okay, can we see some tits, please? (laughs) Picture posters of your dogs. That is so funny. What kind are they? Um, Well, they're both rescues, so they're mixes. I don't really know exactly what they are. Um, Bonnie, who's the one that I've had for like uh, 10 years, she's probably like an Australian shepherd mix, I think. And then Khaleesi is the puppy. And she's, uh, we don't know what the dad was because when we rescued the mom, she um, was already pregnant. And so we know the mom was a pit mix. Khaleesi looks like she might have like German shepherd in her, in the lab. Yeah. Not, not really sure, but she's adorable. so great. It's so yeah. great that you rescued too. I'm yeah, I'm big a, fan a of that. Big advocate for rescuing dogs. So important. Dogs. So cool. Uh, so your mom is one of the biggest legends, probably in uh, adult film and photography, and entered, I think, as um, she performed in it as well. Is that right? She well, she was a model, but she was never really an adult model, and she's never okay. performed in any scenes or movies or anything like that. Okay. She actually she was a nurse, and then um, she met my father and. He was a writer, and to support his writing career, she started modeling, doing like fashion modeling, um, and some like some nude modeling, but very, especially back then, it was really, really tame. Sure. Um, but mostly fashion. And then uh, she actually was in, she did a layout in Vogue, which she made like a good amount of money for, and she used that money to buy a camera. And she started oh. shooting her girlfriends and um, started selling their images to the page three in the Sun newspaper in the UK, which is kind of like a, like the it's like a big deal there. It's like a you know the topless girl of the week or whatever. Okay. Um, and then from there she met Lillian Mueller, who was I think she was actually her roommate, 
and she took some pictures of her, sent them to Playboy, and Hef like fell in love with her and wanted to fly just Lillian out to shoot. My mom was like, oh, no, no, no. Like, if I'm not shooting it, I'm sending her to Penthouse. So he flew my mom and Lillian out, and then my mom became um, the first female staff photographer at Playboy. Wow. Yeah. What a strong uh, role model and, you know, opened so many doors for so many women in the in the industry yeah. and including for you in yeah. multiple ways <laughs> yes. to life, to work, to all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely wrote in on her coattails. There's no denying yeah. that. So was she, well, you're so talented though. I mean, Thank you. just, it's definitely not one of those, uh, I don't think that you can get away with, you know, just coattails in something like photography and film, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Because it just, it takes so much skills and, and there's so much um, competition and, yes. you know, it's and such a diverse set of skill nowadays too. Yeah. Uh, so growing up, did you, so, so, so was she already doing this work when she had you? Yes. So she started shooting for Playboy in 1974 and I was born in 1978. And actually by then she wasn't working at Playboy anymore. She'd gotten kicked out um, of the mansion and, uh, kind of ended things with half not on the best note um, and started working at Hustler. And then so she was staff photographer at Hustler for two years and then she went freelance. So my birth was actually announced in Hustler magazine. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Like who could say that? That's pretty amazing. It's kind of funny. That is pretty amazing. So, you know, when you're growing up, it's like these are your parents. It's normal for you. Right. When did you realize, like, my mom has a job that most people don't have, most moms don't have? I don't remember there being, like, a specific moment, like an epiphany that I had. I think I always kind of knew, um, but it wasn't a big deal because my parents did. I think because my parents didn't make a big deal about it, it wasn't a big deal. And especially when I was younger, I didn't really care about that stuff, you know? Like, I cared about, like, being president of the Unicorn Club, which I was. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and, that, um, like that. you know, stuff like that. So um, it wasn't until I started to, like, reach adolescence that I was like, hmm, like, I might sneak into my parents' office and steal some magazines every once in a while yeah. and explore my sexuality. Um, so, awesome. yeah. Which was probably more comfortable for you and more embraced, I'd imagine, what did your parents teach you about sex or did they have, you know, a talk or was it like part of conversation? You know, it's funny. They never had the talk with me. I learned everything I learned, like, I guess from school and from my girlfriends. Um, so yeah, they never really taught. I mean, they always taught me to not be like ashamed of the female body and it's a beautiful thing and sex is like a beautiful thing. But I don't remember there being like a specific like sit down, like, okay, this is how sex is. It was sure. kind of just there. But, yeah. you know, they didn't really like talk about it at dinner or like show me their work. You know, they weren't yeah. like coming home and being like, hi, 13-year-old daughter, right. look at like, what I shot today, you know? <laughs> Which is probably good, so, yeah. yeah it was and probably... the fact that it was part of like the backdrop of your life and you learned to respect the f female body is yeah. so big because I think too many families, if they do talk about it, it is a singular talk where it's like birds and bees and confusing and you don't talk to me about that and it's over yeah. you know, and it never comes up again. Yeah, the, I think it's, a, it's really sad when I see, especially girls, raised with like a strong sense of shame about their sexuality and about their bodies and stuff like that and that just causes such problems when you're older it really you know does. it's just um and it's actually i think also too because they're not american um i think that has something to do with it as well because americans tend to be a little
little bit more stuck up about yes, things. Yes, it's and, like, so Europeans. weird. Yeah. We're like so puritanical about it and yeah. we're so advanced in so many ways, but you right. like, can't even say sex. Yeah. You know, if yeah. you say penis online, like some of the networks kick you off. It's like, yeah. it's so weird. We're very, very strange that way. I've noticed guests who've, who were raised in other countries tend to have yep. much more kind of healthy attitudes about their bodies, about, mm-hmm. you know, all that stuff. And when did you get intrigued and know that this was something you wanted to pursue as a career? Well, I, I definitely know that I wanted to do photography when I was from the age of 12. I started taking classes and I just fell in love with it. I was like hooked instantly. It's kind of funny because actually the other day I was looking through my old photo albums because I took photos and I kept photos like religiously, like all through my teens. And I actually didn't realize how obsessive I was about photography even back then. I have so many like photos I took of my girlfriends and everything's like cataloged. It's like the only thing that I was organized about. Um, but uh, yeah, so I wasn't, you know, obviously at 12, I wasn't thinking like I'm going to be a porn photographer. I thought I'd probably work in fashion or something like that. So I started working for my parents when I was 20. I was going to Brooks Institute, which is a photography school up in Santa Barbara. And I kind of wasn't really feeling like I was fitting in there. It's a very conservative school. Um, And so my parents had just launched their website, Suze.net. And this is like the early days of the internet. We actually made money on the internet. (laughs) And so they were like killing it. And they were like, hey, come back and work for us because, you know, we don't know what we're doing really, but we're making all this money. And so I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm kind of over, you know, the school anyways. So I came back and first it was just office work. And then I just started shooting uh, photos. I started off shooting um, this model, Amy Sweet, who's actually still like my best friend to this day. Um, and I shot a lot on her and then I slowly branched out and like shot different girls. And I don't know, I just felt like it really was a good fit for me. Like it felt right and it felt normal. And I really love the um, creative freedom that you have doing this because it's, it's a lot different than say if you're shooting like fashion or editorial or something like that unless you've got like a really big name you don't really have control over the product that you're shooting it's all about like what the art director wants or the company or whatever and this is kind of one of the only types of photography where it's really just about the girl and my clients like just give me a model and they're like here you go shoot her however you want and oh, I get wow. to pick the location the styling the outfits everything that's huge and I bet yeah. it's much more interesting for the model too because uh, I modeled for almost well not full time but almost 15 years and uh when I was doing like the editorial stuff, that mm-hmm. was the most artistic, you know, yeah. in, in New York and whatever. And it was, I enjoyed those shoots the most, but I always felt like the canvas, yeah. which I loved at the time. It was yeah. like, it was exciting, but there's expression involved, but it was never, so do the, do the girls and, and you shoot men too. So do, do you find that, um, they are allowed to express themselves more? Do you give them a lot of freedom? Is it interactive? Yeah, it depends on the model. Um, for like, for example, like Mosh is a really like famous like fetish and pinup model, and whenever we shoot, we collaborate because she's really like um, really talented, has a great eye, has like amazing like vintage wardrobe. Like she just has access to so much cool stuff that I'm just like, whatever you want to do, yeah. like <laughs> I will shoot it because she just comes up with such great stuff. Um, and also too like. For Playboy, for example, um, I'll usually ask the model, like, you know, what are your interests? What are your hobbies? Because we try to incorporate that in the shoot because it kind of makes it more interesting and more fun and makes it more them. Um, And I just shot Danny Daniels, who's also a very good friend of mine, um, for my first movie recently, actually. And her 
and it was actually her idea for the scene because she'd always wanted to do this like scene of her in a tuxedo smoking a cigar and so when I got the commission to shoot this I'm like yeah let's do that idea and, and we did and it, it came out so cool fun so are you so. enjoying film as much as print is it just completely different it's it's definitely different but I'm I'm enjoying it a lot now like so much more than I was before when I first started shooting video I was just shooting video because I knew I had to like I was I saw the direction that the industry was going in and you know with better technology and faster like streaming and online people would rather watch video than pictures so um, at first it was just like I picked up a video camera I had no idea what I was doing and I just was filming shit it looks terrible I go back and I look at my old stuff and I just like I'm like oh my god that's inspiring though we can all yeah. learn from that like yeah. don't worry you don't have to start out good yeah no I was awful um, and so but now I think also too especially with like the new camera technology you know with the new like digital SLR cameras like the Canon Mark II and then the Mark III and I just bought the GH4 you're able to shoot you know these really cool kind of cinematic pieces with minimal equipment and minimal lighting so before you would have to buy like a $30,000 like huge broadcast camera and now you know like GH4 is like $1,500 for the body that is amazing yeah a lot more opportunity for sure yeah and it was just it gave you know it gives your work such a different look and a different feel that it becomes like I don't know it becomes more fun so now I'm actually like totally into shooting video. It's That's really cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Uh, Lena Fox is on our show recently. She's an erotica publisher and author. Um, she wrote this great book called Cream that she read from. And she had a question. She heard that you were going to be on the show. Oh, okay. She wanted to know um, if working as a photographer and director in the industry, has it made you view women's bodies any differently? What I really like about working in the adult industry, and even though my niche is kind of more specific, um, is that it's one of the only industries that really embraces women of all shapes and sizes and ethnicities and everything. Because everyone's got, like, whatever you are, if you're a BBW or if you're, like, an Asian girl, like, someone's got a thing for that. You know, so like there's always an audience that is going to be receptive to you. And I just think that that's that's really nice. And you don't see that in fashion at all. Uh -uh. Um, You don't see that really in in mainstream Hollywood. So it's it's kind of nice in that way. Um, I mean, I definitely also, too, you know, like I mean, for me, because I shoot like glamour, like I tend to shoot like the more fit girls and the kind of more like glamour type looking girls but I mean I've shot you know heavier and skinnier girls and I mean I always work with whatever you've got and I try to make you look the best that I can and um, I found that you know there's a lot of smoke and mirrors that goes on oh yeah so you know like a lot of these girls are not necessarily like perfect in person but I'm gonna make you look perfect yeah that that's amazing uh, and I personally think that it's really empowering to have your own nude photos taken, you know, whether, I think every woman should actually at some point. And I, I've only done so once and it was after I'd already quit modeling, but I did it for myself. Mm -hmm. And it was so freeing because, uh, when I early in my modeling career, I had a really severe eating disorder Mm -hmm. and just had a lot of the issues that you were mentioning, like the shame about my body Mm -hmm. and it was like lifelong. And so to have overcome that and to like be totally free was such an incredible experience. Yeah. I have, I actually paid a photographer to shoot me nude as well. Um, and I posted the implied nudes on my website. I totally chickened out and didn't put the topless really? ones. I still have them, but I didn't post yeah. them. Maybe one day when I'm like 80. Um, <laughs> but uh, and I've shot 
bought like wives for husbands too, you know, like private shoots that people have paid me for and, you know, they don't ever go anywhere online and, you know, and they just, they just love it. And I think, um, I think it can be really empowering if you're working with the right people. Right. Which is an important tip, I think, yeah. because you certainly wouldn't want it to fall in the wrong hands, you know, right. and, and, uh, you want to make sure your safety, like getting referrals, seeing yes. examples, making sure that you're not just going for like the cheapest option. Yeah. Like, not Craigslist. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You get what you pay for. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, so I have a short little uh, trailer to play from this documentary called uh, Cam Girls, which is about women who are camming. Okay. And it ties into this question from another listener. Can I tell you a secret? I liked the idea of everybody. Watching me. <laughs> you see some boobies. <laughs> I was nervous at first, but it's been more than I could have imagined. Quiet. It's kind of like having a TV show. You're distant, but you're close to people at the same time. Thank you. Why don't you tell me, Sarah? Tell me. You're doing it in the setting of your own bedroom. It's very intimate. You're sharing personal details. There's no script. It's fuzzy. I'm the person that's asking them how their day was. Part therapist, part sex object. I get excited about just being able to show someone an inviting, sexual, and funny time with a girl that otherwise they don't know how to approach. Let's have a good time. (laughs) What can I do for you? This documentary shows women who are camming professionally and, you know, making basically interact almost interactive porn where, you know, they can see the the person and it's more of a conversation. It's like phone sex, but only more uh, digitalized and and with a camera. And the documentary is all about uh, empowerment. So these these women are actually really empowered by the work. And somebody wrote in... uh, this this question. She said, hey, August, I have a question I hope you'll answer. I'm thinking of camming. I'm not even sure why, but I feel like it could be really strengthening and fun and a cool way to make extra money. Friends of mine think it could hurt me somehow. Uh, does Holly have any thoughts from what she, from what you, Holly, have seen? Does working in the industry help women feel strong and more confident or could the opposite happen? I guess it sounds like she's concerned about um how she'll be perceived. And I have found that women who work in the adult industry, everyone everyone that I've talked to, they seem to be empowered by the work. Mm. What's what's your thought on that? I think it a lot of it depends on like where you're coming from and maybe like what your situation how you feel about sexuality to begin with. I definitely know girls who have been empowered by working in the adult industry. I know girls who have come in for the wrong reasons and done things that they regret that don't feel empowered. Um, I would say, first off, make sure that, and I tell this to all new girls who are thinking about getting into the adult industry. I've talked girls out of it before because I'm just brutally honest. I'm like, you know what? Just make sure this is something you want to do. And just remember that when it goes on the internet, it's there forever. Like, it's always going to be there. So you need to make sure that this is like a choice that you want to make and you're making it for the right reasons. Um, But what I think that's so great and the change that I've seen, you know, with my 17 years now in the industry and also to 
growing up in it with my mom and everything, um, is how technology and the internet has allowed women to really control their careers in a way that they could never do so before. Because before, you know, back in the 80s or the 70s, you would have to get hired by a director to shoot or you'd have to get hired by a photographer, you know, or something like that. You couldn't just go out and make your own content, which you can absolutely do now. And especially with camming, like I know so many girls who just make like really good money and that's their direct access to the fans and they don't need to be hired by somebody else. They're not, you know, being paid a rate and everybody else is, you know, making most of the money. They're making most of the money and it's on their own terms. It's in their own bedroom. So I see that as a very positive shift with um, women working in the adult industry. So I would say that, um, yes, it can definitely be empowering, um, but just, you know, make sure that you're sure. you're doing it for the right reasons. Because there, there are also, too, um, you know, sometimes you'll just get like trolls come in and like say horrible things to you. Yeah. On the oh, cams. I can imagine. Yeah. Even just talking about or writing about sexuality. Because people are just dicks. Yeah. They just and if do. they don't have to take responsibility for the things they say, if they yeah. can hide behind, you know, an anonymous username, we call them keyboard warriors. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, totally. Then, you know, they'll say all kinds of terrible and things. And usually it has nothing to do with you. It's no, it has everything them. to do with them. Yeah. The way people yeah. treat you has everything to do with them and almost nothing to do with you. Yeah. That's just how people are. It's so true. It's so true. Yeah. So if you if you anticipate that that may happen and it freaks you out, then probably may not be the step you want to take. Or, right. You know, yeah. for sure. But I mean, you know, and it's, and women, we're especially like this, you know, we get like 10 compliments and one insult and we'll remember the insult. Yeah. So, you know, you'll have like most of the people there will be very complimentary and be like, yes. you're beautiful, you're this and you're that, but it's always like that one dick Totally. That you know there. what I do? What? And it's usually other girls who are like maybe competitors. Sure. Jealous. Or, yeah. Or like just trying to shake you up. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, you know, in a in an athletic game or something, psyching you out or whatever. Right. I keep on my desktop, uh, just with all my writing, you know, because I, I have a novel and then I write articles and some of the stuff when it when it's really personal, that's when the the criticism can get to you. So yes. I just started to make a habit of I, first of all, I don't really read like reviews and stuff very often. Right. But I try to keep. Like if something comes in that's really positive, I just put it on this uh, file on my desktop so that if I'm ever just feeling like doubt Mm -hmm. to just read them. Because I feel like women are just we just don't we need to make the effort to pay attention to the good stuff. It doesn't come naturally, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, So on your show, Adult Film School, you direct couples um, in their own sexy film shoots. Yeah. I'm really curious what your thought is about it seems that so many women people in general, but I think women, this idea of like releasing your inner porn star, you know, like where there's there's like this fixing inside of us or whatever. Why do you think that is so appealing to, to women? You know, I think that women are sexual creatures just like men are, but we've been repressed by society for so many years to not be, you know, you're shamed as being the whore or the slut. Um, And it's, it's funny because I I think about these things often and um, it kind of made sense. Obviously wasn't Right. But like back in the day, because, you know, the problem with if is a woman is loose with her sexuality, she might have children. And then she, you've got that added responsibility of, you know, more children and that kind of thing. Um, but now, you know, with birth control and all of these other contraceptives and all these other options that we have to keep our pregnancies under control, like there's no reason that women can't be as sexual as men. But it's like the stigma that's still attached to you. And um yeah, I just think it's uh, 
I think it's a shame, but I feel like we're progressing. You know, I, I think the society's views are slowly changing. Um, but, you know, we're still far away from that. It's very true. And I imagine that is one of there's like this freedom in saying you're almost giving these couples permission in a way. Yeah. You know, this this opportunity gives them a chance to let it all out, to yeah. celebrate it, yeah. you know, which we don't do so much. Uh, what are some tips for people out there who would like to, you know, who can't have the experience with a professional like you, but would like to tap into that and be more comfortable with their sexuality? Um, well, I mean, if you want to, you know, film your own sex tape, um, there's a lot of different things you can do. You can, you know, use a smartphone or you can get a, you know, semi-professional video camera. They're not that expensive these days. Kind of set it up on a tripod. Um, maybe build... Like, be aware of the setting, because a lot of what goes into these scenes is not even necessarily the sex, but all the things around it. And that's what's so fun about the show, is that it really takes the couples through the entire process of creating the scene and the transformation. Like, what I really like about it is that these girls will come in and they won't realize how beautiful they are until we've them through hair and makeup and styling and and then they see it and then you know professional cameras and lighting and all that kind of stuff and they see themselves on screen and they're like oh my god like I'm really hot and it gives them like a sense of confidence that they didn't have before and that's like what I love because I mean I work with professionals all the time and not that they're not grateful you know like the models that I work with are, are lovely and I love 99.9% of them um, but they're used to kind of going through that whole process of being made mm-hmm. up and modeling and that kind of stuff so when you take somebody who really has no experience in that I mean a couple of these girls that we work with had never had their hair and makeup professionally done mm-hmm. and um, so that is a lot of fun too and then like you know their husband or their boyfriend sees them all made up and they're like oh my god and then they feel more confident confident about themselves so they project a certain like sexiness that maybe they didn't have before and everybody feeds into that yeah and that's and something really that cool. they can carry on into their yes. lives because then they know what the, they don't separate themselves from there are these beautiful sexy people on tv mm-hmm. and then there's me who will never look like that oh mm-hmm. i i can be i am that yeah. you know that i can carry that with me and to see it reflected in somebody else's eyes yeah. not only the partner but but you mm-hmm. you know this professional to go you know they're all feeling my hotness and my yeah. sexiness and yeah. you know i have chills thinking about that that's amazing i also wish that all women could have that experience of just you know really the professional mm-hmm. photo, whatever with or without clothes like yeah. you know something that that can really nurture that part of them you know it's it's a battle, I yeah. think, for most of us. Have you always then had a pretty comfortable relationship with your own body because you were raised with more positive? I think so. I think so. I mean, I I'm definitely not really ashamed of anything. I mean, I I don't feed into the whole like you know you gotta like wait until like the third date to have sex with someone or the fifth date or whatever I mean my whole thing is is like I'll bang you on the first date just to see if you're worth it you know yeah. what I mean if I want to call you again forget like me worrying about you calling yeah. me again like I, I just love it. I don't think of it that way That's and um, it's kind of funny because because I think I don't buy into that kind of thing like men usually do call me the next day I'm like why are you calling me yeah isn't um, that funny yeah, yeah because they sense like that that level of confidence you know and that yeah. I'm so into Dependent and I'm not like clingy and I'm not looking to like marry you and you know I don't need you to make me feel sexy and beautiful like yeah. I'm already like that on my own so that is awesome that is awesome do you know Steve Harvey the comedian he also has like it's one of my most popular topics on the show on my blog it was a post from like over a year ago but he has this rule where you wait he encourages it's it's a book about. <laughs> 
You'll love this. It's how to think like a man but act like a lady. Mm-hmm. And he claims to know how men think mm-hmm. and how women should then respond. I think he has good intentions, but he's like – it's very ignorant. And it basically – his rule about sex is he suggests that women wait 90 days before they give it to them. I mean, it is so, and this is like a newer book. It's best selling. He's now has yeah. like a Cindy. And it just, it breaks my heart that so many girls grow up because it, whatever we believe about our bodies and our sexuality becomes true. Yes. Cause how can you know anything else? Yeah. You yeah. know, you'll never masturbate if you're told that girls don't masturbate. Yeah. It, and it's like, that's one of the healthiest thing that you can do to get through adolescence. I think. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I know it's a shame, you know, and you see it in a lot of these like cosmopolitan magazines and stuff like that, like what you can do to like get the guy or keep him interested in you. And it should be like, you should just be yourself and then the right person will be interested in you. It's so true. Follow Follow your own passions, you know, like be you. (laughs) It's like the simplest and most challenging thing in some ways, you know, it's kind of. And if, you know, and if the guy's not into you and I mean, it certainly happened to me where I've liked a guy and he wasn't interested and I I didn't think like, oh my God, I'm not good enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm like, I'm just not his type. That's awesome. You know, that's awesome. We need so many more voices like that and and messages out there. Yeah. You know, it's so important. So your show, obviously there's a sounds like a blast for everyone who's involved yeah. and, and you can people can actually see um, previews and and clips and stuff on uh, the website which I'll share with this um, episode what's uh, another kind of perk for you so that they you so, do you select the couples or do they I don't. audition is okay so they, you don't know. yeah they the playboy does the casting independently so I don't really have a hand in picking the models but what was really nice about it this season so this past season three is that seasons one and two had aired and we shot seasons one and two back to back when we first shot it so the show didn't exist yet when we were shooting it so people didn't necessarily know what the show was about or what they were getting into we didn't we didn't really know what we were doing um and what's nice now is that we have couples who watch the show and are fans of the show and watch playboy tv and so they they audition and they come in and they so they know exactly what they're getting into and they're like excited to meet me and they're excited for the whole process and so awesome cool. yeah awesome and are they generally kind of they must be receptive and open to kind of freeing themselves and yeah. doing this because they're you know they're there and they, yeah. they tried to get on the show uh, how nervous are they they're the nervous yeah i mean the guys especially because it's more difficult for a man because he's got to get it up you know like yeah. so so the guys get get pretty nervous so you know i always have a talk with them before and try to like make them feel comfortable and we try to remove as many people from set when we're filming as we can just to you know set the scene so um so it, but you know, it went a lot better this season. Um, and we actually, it's kind of ironic. We had to move the show to Austin because of the condom laws here in LA. Oh, really? Yeah. Because however you feel about measure B and the condom law, whatever, we don't need to get into that. But when you're making real life couples who haven't worn condoms with each other for like the 15 years they've been married. And now we're telling you that you have to wear condoms Mm. because we're filming it. It doesn't really make sense. Yeah. You know? And so, and the guys are already going to be struggling anyways. And so then to put a condom on to have sex, like with their wife that maybe they've had three kids with, you know, it's just like, it doesn't make any sense. And it really, kills the mood so that's one way in which like the condom law really like doesn't people. work yeah. um, 
And I get the concept, and I get you want to protect performers and all that stuff. I totally get that. But in the situation where you're shooting, like, monogamous couples together, right. it's just bizarre. So we went to Austin, and um, it, we, it went much better. Wow. So that was just this third season, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, the third season we shot in Austin. Awesome. So where are you at right now? Are you still in the midst of shooting it? No, we're done, and it's on right now. It's on Playboy TV. I think it's about halfway through the episodes. We shot 10 episodes. Um, I actually had the stylist and the makeup artist that are on the show come over last night, and we like had pizza and watched some episodes. Oh, together. that's awesome! Yeah, it's really that's fun. awesome. So, do they appear? Because I saw there's, uh, you know, the first two seasons, and then you can mm-hmm. also you can subscribe to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. You can subscribe to Playboy TV and watch okay. it on TV, or you can go to Playboy TV and you can watch it online. Awesome! So, yeah. Very cool! Very cool! And how can we learn more about your wonderful work? Well, you can follow me on Twitter, um, at Holly Randall. For boobs and puppies. Yes, boobs and puppies. (laughs) That should be my new tagline. Um, uh, I'm on Instagram as well, Holly Randall. Um, I have a Facebook page, Holly Randall. Awesome. So they just search for Holly Randall, and it's uh, Holly and Randall both have two L's. Yes. And um, I have a website, hollyrandall.com. And I have my portfolio site, hollyrandallphotography.com. And I actually just, we're still building it, but I'm going to start teaching um, private workshops. And so now we have hollyrandallworkshops.com. So we're building that site right now. Oh, awesome. So people will be able to learn from you in their own house. Yeah. um, I've taught some workshops to photographers in the past, like at GlamourCon. And I get people asking me all the time. So I just thought, you know what, I'll do it. Because I actually... I really enjoy teaching. And that was something that I was going to do if I didn't get into photography. I was going to be an English teacher. Oh, really? Yeah, because that's what like my father did and my grand- both my grandfathers. I come from like a whole family of like It's teachers. so great that you can involve all these skills because you're writing and you, you have your columns and all that. So it's just probably a totally different – you didn't study writing about, you know, porn or sex no, scenes. Or no, <laughs> no. But it's funny because – I was a world literature major, and my um, thesis paper was The Power of Female Sexuality in Romantic Literature. Oh. Yeah. I totally want to read that. That's awesome. I have it somewhere. I have it filed away somewhere. That's so great. I love it. Gosh. Well, thanks for being you, and thanks for joining me today. Thank you. I so appreciate it. Uh, we're going to wrap up today with a special gift from uh, a very talented singer-songwriter here in Los Angeles. Her name is India Dupre. She wrote the song, I Heard It Live. Uh, it's actually about phone sex, and it is one of the coolest songs I've ever heard. She kindly gave me permission to share it with all of you. So have a listen and be sure to check out her website, indiadupre.com. If you're enjoying Girl Boner Radio, I hope you will go ahead and subscribe on iTunes, leave us a review so we can keep the fires burning and connect with the whole Girl Boner community online. You can find links on my website, augustmclaughlin.com. Thank you so much for joining me today and have a beautiful Girl Boner Embracing Week. Got to do this for me, right? Pick up the call, pick the guy on the phone at least seven minutes. We need this money. Do it. We're 49 away from paying the rent. You have to do just to pay the rent. When all your money's already been spent. Fish and chips and expired hookahs. I'm surviving in a flat working as a maid. I pick up the phone in my sexiest voice. I hire, I whisper because I've got no choice. Wearing well, I sound so good. I've got my lovers, yet I love my food. Oh, I know I love my baby. You see, I'm like a lady. I've got these wonderful tits. I'll bet you'll never see my nose because you're on the phone. And if you knew what I want to do.
look they do, yeah. Yeah, um, what's that? Oh, oh, God, you're, you're fast, aren't you? I mean, let's slow it down, take it nice and easy, that's it, that's it, yeah. Um, so, so what's your name? Well, how are your horses? I'm a lady, you know. I'd like to know a bit about you before I give a blow. No, I don't say, but I I mean, you want to take care of me, right? Yeah, that's it, that's it. Oh, oh yeah, that's it. 